Welcome to Ability Stories Podcast, where we discuss the successes, challenges, and stories of people with disabilities. I'm your host, Tara Briggs. To contact me, please send an email to abilitystories at gmail.com. Always, and I do mean always, wear earphones when recording a Skype call. When I conducted the interview that you're about to hear, I forgot to wear them. And when I went to do a little bit of editing, it had the most dreadful echoey sound, for which I apologize. So I divided it into two tracks and tried to get rid of it the best I could. There's a couple of places in the interview where the audio quality is a little bit spotty, and I apologize but I really love this interview. A while ago, I was contacted by John Moses. He is working on his PhD in literature and he lives in Nairobi, Kenya, and he's attending the University of Nairobi there. John lost his sight due to early macular degeneration. And in the interview, we talk about his sorrow over his loss of sight. We talk about how he has adjusted and adapted. We talk about his journey and what it's like getting his PhD. And we also talk about his dreams for the future of his country. And I think that's one of my favorite parts of the interview. John has a lot of things that he hopes to do for the people of, for the people of Nairobi, Kenya who are blind. And I want to say that if anybody can do it, I think John hope if you're listening to this and this is, directly to you, John. I think that you can do that. And I'd love to have you on in another 10 years to talk about all that you've done, because I totally think you're going to accomplish great things. So I hope you enjoy the interview. I'm sorry for the little bit of echoey parts. They're definitely listenable. You can definitely hear it, but it's just a little bit uh, dodgy on a couple of spots. But I love this interview, and I, I wanted you to hear what John had to say. So without further ado, here's my interview with John Moses of Nairobi, Kenya. I, I begin the interview by asking him to tell me about how he lost his sight, and the interview starts with his answer. I wasn't very sure that uh, I have lost my sight because I've been sighted for 17 good years. And through all those years, I've been coming across sighted people, or not, not sighted people for that matter, but visually impaired people. And I didn't think that one day I'll be one of them. Blind people here, sometimes they are kind of isolated because when you think of a blind person, maybe you are thinking of somebody who is in the street begging money somebody who is helpless, somebody who has, has not, uh, somebody who has no education at all. So there is that perception and that stereotype that blind people are associated with begging and uh, kind of not very useful people in the society. So that is the perception. So when yes? you lost your sight, that must have been like, pretty scary and yes. traumatic because you probably weren't sure what you, what to do. Yeah, sure. It was traumatizing for me because it, um, it was just a moment of crying and mourning and I many questions were crossing my mind. Yeah. I had so many questions that were crossing my mind, but with very few answers that now, how would I proceed with my studies? How would I manage my studies? How will I cook? Because I like cooking. And how would I go out on my own? That was the dilemma that I was facing. For somebody who is very independent as I am, I thought that my world was shrinking before my my eyes so it was very traumatizing and i couldn't believe at the beginning that my sight has gone away and uh, i wouldn't manage to i wouldn't see the light again so it was not 
and I took time for me to adjust to the to the new world because <clears throat> as my vision loss progressed, as as my vision loss advanced, it became clearer and more um, clear that the only constant was to learn how to adapt to a new world of, of um, blindness. So that's how I came to adjust to my life. So tell me, um, so tell me what you did. By then, I was a university student. I was a first year student at the University of Nairobi, uh, studying towards obtaining bachelor degree of uh, education as in the field of linguistics and literature. So um, I was I asked for permission to go for further treatment, and uh, my family turned up a doctor for me and he was able to diagnose macular degeneration. So I had no idea what the consultant was talking about because I was entering into a world of new terms, um, something like choroidal neovascularization, um, wet and dry macular, and I had no idea what he was talking about at all. And this was becoming clear to me that things were going to be different from the kind of lifestyle that I was leading there before. So the on, on this occasion, I was the advice I was given was to go home and rest. And you know this isn't something easy for for um, for someone worrying around, wondering what has just hit you. So it took a lot of energy, and it was really easy for me. I haven't answered your question. I trust what I did. So from there, I went to um, I somebody introduced me to an institution for the blind where I went for rehabilitation and new terms and vocabulary kept on new terms um, like screen readers, JAWS, um, NVDA, voiceover, and also site, site village, and uh, Mercury Society, audio description, they became part of my vocabulary. So when you went, you went to the training center, you learned about assistive technology and and you learned how to use a cane, right? From Yes, sure. And you learned to cook? Yes, I because I went for rehabilitation, I was equipped with uh, independent living skills. I was trained how to use cane and it was not easy for me because somebody who has come from the world of vision it's very traumatizing and um, very um, perturbing for me to orientate myself to the new world but because i like independence when i was introduced to cane traveling I was kind of excited because I wanted to come back to this world where I'm independent, I'm able to go out on my own, and um, I'm able to do some stuff on my own. And there we were taught many things. We were taught how to cook. We were taught how to travel using our white cane. We were taught how to um, use various assistive technologies, JAWS screen reading program, and uh, also NVDA, and uh, Braille was there, but I was not introduced to Braille. I don't know why, but it was offered in that particular institution. And they did it very well that 
by the time that I left that institution, I was fully equipped, I was completely independent, and I was able to interact with the, with the world in a different way. I didn't want to let my world shrink before me. I wanted to... I took a, a step of... Um, trying to view world in a different way. So you, you must have felt a lot of hope, but were you still, I just kind of thinking about it, were you still a little bit scared? Like, I've got all these skills, but now what? Or, or did you feel like you really had things planned out? I was kind of scared because um, I didn't know what life will mean to me. I thought, uh, because when my vision was advanced, it became obvious that I was going to give up driving. And that was something that was, I felt that uh, that's something that a treasure that was just taken away from me. And it became obvious that I was not going back to driving and um, I thought that my world, I would be just be a bother to other people because I thought that I would depend with other people to just walk around. Um, you know, blind people cannot see and uh, they must rely on their friends or public transportation for them to get around. So I was wondering how I will interact with the world and I didn't want to feel like a bother and I told myself I had two choices that I go out and interact with the world in a different way or I allow myself to be uh, abandoned to other people and you know the hardest thing is to feel like a burden and that's what i was trying to fight so i worked hard and uh, sometimes my friends would offer me would offer to pick me up and uh, drive me around but i would turn them down because i didn't want to be a bother and i only stay in the house yeah <laughs> so did I didn't did, want to, yeah sure did you do this after training yeah I mean even after training you're still you still felt like you could be a burden to people okay right now I've learned how to travel independently um I have learned how to use my cane perfectly and I've learned many things First, I've learned how to ask for help. I've, I've learned how to be to live to live uh, independently, and uh, I've also developed some important and crucial um, independent and not not independent but problem solving skills. So personally. I don't think I'm a bother uh, to people and I'm burden because my friends don't just take me and refer me to as a blind person. Yeah, they they know that I'm blind, yes, but they they take me differently. Their view on me is different because they know that I can do almost everything that I can that, that they can do even better because I trust there are some things that I can do that they cannot do. Sometimes they have problems with their computer. You find most of them normally consult me. And because they know that we are I'm visually impaired, yes, but I'm able differently. There's something that I can offer that they cannot offer. But and, and they is up something that they can offer that I cannot offer. So I did not limit my world and I did not shrink my world to that I am blind now. 
I live a life of mourning and groaning and 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 become useless but I took a step of faith and 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 depressed forward in life. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um I remember when we talked you talked about people um who Mm-hmm. Once you lost your sight, they kind of abandoned you. Can you tell me about that? When I lost my sight, after a couple of months, life happened. <clears throat> I lost friends, and uh, I most of them abandoned me, including my the girlfriend that I tr- uh, that I trusted so much, and. Uh, because I remember one of them a students on my on, on my floor on hostel um, in campus. I remember him telling me that today we aren't going with you for the party. We aren't going out with you because you will be wish we 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 are the one who will be responsible for you. Yeah, you will be a bother to us. So, on that particular occasion, they just left me on my own. They did not want to um, me to. They didn't want to take me with them. And I tried to explain to them that I am responsible with my life. I am the one. I know myself better. I know what I can do, and I don't know. I know what I can not manage to do. But despite my efforts and uh, my endeavor to try and ex- to explain to them that I am just capable, I can just be responsible. They turned a blind eye, and they just abandoned me. So, most of my friends, at the first, they didn't want to associate with me because I think it's because they saw that associating with me maybe uh, they I infect them with the blindness. I don't know. <laughs> so it was kind of uh, I trying to fight for myself and to to try to prove myself to them that. I'm just okay, and uh, I can do what they can do. But uh, most of them just went away. Uh, I remember one semester I was taking thirty-six novels, thirty-six novels for one semester. That 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 was uh, when I was at that year, and uh, I was expecting to complete the thirty-six novels within a period of four months. And these people could not come to help me because I had challenges with accessing um, e-materials. I also I couldn't access um, e-materials and um, read using my screen reading program. So I had to rely on other assistants. So. What I used to do, I used to pay some of my friends, those people that I call friends. I used to pay them small amount of money so that they can come and read me the the printed materials as I reckon them, so that I can uh, listen to the material even after they have left. And um, yes, they used to charge me some money, so I. Visit a couple of challenges though at my friends, but I seen I better spend my money because this one was something that will come and go and they will ask for that money, but uh, I know what I've gained from the same and I was able to pass my exams. So that's how I survived with uh, very few friends who who are able to um, see my 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 intellectual cognitive capacity and uh, who are able to view me differently 
Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like after you lost your sight, you you ended up with people um, that just didn't seem to know how to deal with it and viewed you differently. And you also had people that you were still the yeah. same person. Um, because I think that, you know, sure. you're still you. <laughs> You've had a major change in your life, but you're still Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember when we talked, yeah. The you told me that um, the University of Nairobi was also really helpful, that they... Um, that they wanted you to come back and continue, continue your, your education. When I lost my sight, uh, the whole university was aware that one of the one of their students has lost his vision, and uh, they were so supportive. And when I was equipped with the computer skills. I was able to go back to, 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 to campus and continue with my studies. So um, they were able to provide me with the materials that I needed. For instance, I didn't have uh, a PC. I didn't have a, a, an embossa, not, not an embossa, but a I didn't have e-materials, so they came in and uh, they asked me, Moses, you've come back and uh, we really appreciate that you have come back, you have computer skills, how do I help you, how do we help you? I wrote them, they asked me to write them a letter asking for all the learning materials that I require. And that's how they bought me all the learning materials that I needed. They ensured that I have the, the screen reading program that I will be using for my studies. And they even supported me by paying my fees. So they were really supportive. Also, they ensured because linguistics is a some units in linguistics are a bit challenging for a blind student. There was a unit on phonetics that I couldn't take as a blind student because there were you are expected to uh, do some transcription and transcription of words, and this is something that require symbols, and those symbols they are not available on. On, on computers are you are you you are, are you familiar with that I, I trust you are familiar with the IPA chat no international alphabet uh, international phonetic alphabet chat oh that's awesome yeah so I, uh, I know English it's you like, know like this. 10 you know like 10 languages right yeah, sure. That's amazing. <laughs> Kenyan languages. So, I know English and yeah. a couple of words in Spanish. That's, that's it. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so what was happening, that particular unit, it's kind of transcription where you are given material written, you are, you are given written materials and you are expecting to transcribe those ones. And I couldn't do that using my screen reading program mm -hmm. and they were able to provide me with an alternative exam also there is a unit on syntax that require three diagrams i couldn't manage to draw trees and uh, as we were trying to analyze internal structure of sentences and they provided me with alternative exam and I was so happy. I remember, you know, your family was helpful and your dad introduced you to, um, introduced you to, so to somebody that, that also was. Yeah, I remember, I, I remember, okay. Um, when I lost my sight, you see, my mom is somebody who is so emotional and, uh, she couldn't believe that um, 
is her son has lost his sight and she really cried mm-hmm. yeah and but my mom is emotional but i have a cool dad so uh my dad said that uh, <laughs> now Moses you have lost your sight we know that you cannot be able to see you you can't see but there is many things that you can do uh, as a blind person and it wasn't uh it it's trying to take everything normally and uh, he did not want to show me that it was he did not want to take it as a tragedy or anything but he was just cool so one one day um he put me in his car and we took off uh he just told me that there is this person i want you to go i i want you to meet and um you help you so uh i packed a few clothes and because he tried to explain to me that um i will be staying with him for a few days and we pull up at this abandoned house and by then i had little vision i could see a bit but not much so um i see an abandoned house uh, i see a kitchen and i see a door and i open the door and stepped in i came to realize that it was kind of an office or something behind the table was seated uh this man with uh, spectacles and he looks at me i looks at him and my dad was like moses i want you to meet anton the the man who was called anton and uh, my dad introduced anton to me that anton this is moses the fellow that i was talking to you about i want you to make him a man and my dad i was like no 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 don't leave me here i can do anything but don't leave me here with this man uh i can do anything but uh, <laughs> my dad left and i was there uh with this with anton looking at me looking back at him looking at me looking at him and he looks at me dead straight in the eye and he, he tells me that i see something in you if you can come here once a month maybe maybe we can find that something and that was my introduction uh to anton a man who changed my life forever i came to learn later that he was a psychologist and he used to tell me these amazing stories and we used to have this conversation yeah we were talking uh used to tell me stories about history about how to be successful uh, how to get a girlfriend <laughs> how um and how to be strong and we used to have this conversation and i just i used to ask him all sorts of questions and all what i could do for him was to just to clean the house wash for him cook for him because i had retro vision so that's what i did for for that for 3 months and when the three months were over he came up to me and uh, he tells me moses um i have taught you everything that i needed to teach you you can do very many things 
you can wash the car, you can wash the clothes, you can cook. And I have taught everything that I've, I needed to teach you. So I need you to go. And I was like, don't pay me anything. I will stay here with you, wash, you are, wash for you, cook for you. So I didn't want to leave because we used to have this conversation. And I think that's something that helped me. It's, it, it made me strong. Um, it made me believe in myself. And um, I had uh, a different perception of myself. And I went back home. So just thinking about your story, and I mean, it's just so interesting to me because um, you have, you know, people that really end up believing in you and accepting you um and your blindness and then you have people that that they they can't you know they they don't and they take off and they don't want anything to do with you um and sure i think that's i think that's like just kind of common for everybody who ends up um having either being disabled from birth or or um later in life and i've i've always kind of wondered why are there some people that are so accepting and so willing to help and just see you as a person and then there are other people that, that don't? What do you think? Oh, I, I think it's to do with uh, how someone was raised in the very beginning, the virtues and the values that were inculcated in them in their young age, I think it's to do with their the personality, the traits, and um, the values that were imparted in them in the very beginning. Because you find that some people wouldn't want to associate with you when uh, you are using a cane, because that's something that I've learned. When I'm using a white cane, people will tend to avoid me. And um, sometimes I'm with my friends, but when walking around, the people, most of the people take time saying hello to the other friend, but they don't want me to notice if uh, this is somebody whom I know very well, but they don't want um, Moses to notice that they are there. So they end up sending, drawing some signal on their friends. They just gesticulate around me, which, which I feel um, kind of, I don't feel... Um, okay when people gesticulate around me or if people speak in their native language that I cannot understand and they are just speaking about me. <laughs> so it's, I think it's to do with the values. I think, I think that, you know, what you're just saying, I, to me, that is the hardest part about having a disability because you can adapt to you can adapt to it, you know, like you've done. You've you've learned how to use a cane. You've learned how to use jaws. Um, you know, yeah, you're going on sure. with your life, but it's the way that you're treated that can be the most uh, that I think is the most painful part about having a disability. Yeah, sure. And also another painful part that I'm trying to explain to you is that we have very many languages here in Kenya. Forty-two of them. Every tribe, we are, we have 42 tribes here, and all these tribes, all these tribes, uh, they have different languages, and uh, all these languages, you, you are, you are in campus, and uh, students are conversing in their mother tongue, and maybe you can understand, you don't understand a word. Because if they ain't speaking Swahili or 
or English, Swahili, he, it's, a, it's, it's a national language here. If they aren't speaking Swahili or English, you cannot get a word. And they are there speaking about you. And so that is something that uh, happens to persons with disability here or not even disability if uh, some people wish to talk about you and they can talk all sorts of things about you and you don't understand oh that's terrible another <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah another another thing is that um we were two of us at the university of nairobi who are visually impaired when i was still uh, an undergraduate student and we we faced a couple of challenges because um you sometimes you are standing on the crosswalk you wish to cross to the other side of the road you are totally blind i cannot see the different traffic lights and you are there standing next and, and the only thing that you can do is just to look at the some at, at a person standing next to you and you don't know if this person you don't know what is going on in the mind of this person you don't know if they will if they will rescue your life by helping you cross the road or they have a dead wish <laughs> so because here persons with a disability uh, people don't want to associate with you so much so you don't know what is going through their minds and that is a challenge to me and also the fact that you cannot drive yourself you cannot go on your own at some places because gpras for um blind square has not yet reached kenya and some that's something maybe they need to do in the future but we we have google maps and we also have gpras but blind square has not been introduced here so i'm with my friends out and maybe we have gone to a club or something and i am not making an eye contact with anyone mm -hmm. and 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 people are like what's wrong with him and they learn that maybe because my my disability is not physical you may not understand because my eyes are very clear if you look at me and i've not explained to you that i'm visually impaired if you are not using a cane you won't understand if i'm visually impaired because my eyes just appear normal so yeah. i am not maintaining eye contact with anyone and they are like what's wrong with him and maybe my friend tried to explain to him that he is visually impaired but they are like why can't you why why can't he wear glasses and it's it it becomes difficult for me to explain to them that wearing glasses don't actually help <laughs> so those are some of the challenges that i face <laughs> yeah well i yeah. think i think that's so interesting because um we all do <laughs> and and um <laughs> and i and it it's just been so neat for me to talk to you and get to know you um it totally made my day that there are actually people in africa listening to my podcast um but <laughs> i think it's such an interesting thing to talk about because we all face it as people uh -huh. with disabilities um no matter where we are in the world sure i think those are yeah. universal challenges um so you're working on your PhD. When do you do you know when you're going to finish? Yes. Um, I'm finishing my doctorate in in two years time. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm pursuing 
a unit uh, uh, just its literature and i'm still at the university of nairobi that's where i'm taking my phd and i think things are different right now as opposed to how they were before before because when i came to this university as a visually impaired student i was able to liaise with the administration and i trying to explain to them what need to be done to mainstream uh persons with students with disability uh, uh on uh, at this university and they took it positively and i was able to begin an association um student university of nairobi students with disability association and through that association we are able students with uh, various disabilities are able to to voice their grievances to the administration and uh, that's how um that's a step that i i took as a visually impaired student and um, so that's why i'm saying right now things are different because they are giving me support and anything that i need they are trying to make sure that it's available and in two years time i trust i will be finishing i also work as a part-time lecture here and um, i teach literature and i find it very easy for me because it's somehow challenging when it comes to obtaining e learning materials in a in a form that you can understand but at least um, it has really assisted me the technology has really assisted me and i'm able to use powerpoint presentation in my classes without uh, uh engaging uh a third party or engaging any other person i'm able to do everything on my own so that's how i find that's 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 why i'm saying that technology has really assisted me it has really given me voice as a blind student here and i really thank the developers of these applications jaws voiceover those who aren't able to afford jaws they go they use nvdas here and i really thank the developers because they have done a lot to facilitate learning for students with disability in nairobi do you guys like here in the states we have legislation that that um, mandates accommodations and things like that do you guys have any of that in kenya or have you been just totally kind of on your own you you said uh like in the u.s um there are laws that, that yes. say that universities have to accommodate people with disabilities and and there are laws that say that you know employers can't can't discriminate they can't not hire you just because you have a disability i mean now how well people follow those laws is a different thing but at least there's laws that that um protect people sure, with disabilities sure. do you guys yes. have anything uh, like that yes we have laws in our constitution where persons like now there is what we call parliament here and also now there is slots for persons with disability we we call them members of the national assembly or mps that's what we call them members of the of the national assembly i don't know what how you refer to them in us but 
there are those seats that are reserved for vulnerable groups, persons with disability and, um, and women. And those slots can only be occupied, but they can only be taken up by someone with disability. So when it comes to leadership, when it comes to leadership, we are, we are represented here by persons with disability. Also, they have formed uh, an association. It's called National Council for Persons with, with Disability. The government disperses money to, to that council, and the council is able to support the persons with disability. Maybe if you are students, they are they they support you with paying the school fees if um, you are an adult you are and, and you need some assistive devices they buy for you assistive devices they help you get job and i i cannot complain because the government has done a lot also persons with disability here we don't pay tax we we are exempted from paying tax and it's we are just given that favor and also we are given the vast priority if, if you go looking for a job we are given you are we are given vast priority but there is that discrimination you go to individual companies yeah that description is there. We have we have that too. Yeah, we have because, laws that protect, but yeah, how well people obey them. Okay, <laughs> is it is a totally different thing. Yeah. So um, yes, what do you what do you hope to do when you get your PhD? What's 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 the plan? You want to teach at a university or? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm a teacher, and when I'm done. With my PhD right now, I'm pursuing literature. I am planning to do very many things because I know as a person with uh, with disability, I have to fight for myself when it comes to uh, earning a living. So I intend to establish my own my, my own learning institution. Additionally, uh, I want to own my own business one day and open my company. <laughs> we were talking about dogs, uh, guide dogs. And, yeah. Uh, like, <laughs> I, rem I remember they are, they are that. Not... When we talked, we talked yeah, sure. about that in Kenya, you guys don't have guide dogs. Is that something you'd like to do? Yes, when when I'm done with my PhD, I intend to establish uh, an institution, a learning institution for for people with sight, just 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 normal people, and also to establish another institution for persons with disability here, where they can learn various technology in a different way, because although technology has been brought here in Kenya, it is not that widespread and it's not reinforced because in high school, the learners are still using Braille. The learners with visual impairment, they are using Braille to run and Brailers, they don't use laptops. So that is something that I wish to establish that learners or, or people with a visual impairment can 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 learn technology from the beginning and they take it through their studies and, and uh, if somebody is able to just live independently with uh, the the gadget that they have and, and learn without involving any other person then i would be so happy because this issue of persons reading for you a book 
an entire book and most people don't have the patience to read for you a whole book that's what i'm trying to fight so i intend to establish that particular institution where persons with disability can learn technology and um, learn the laptop that i can they, they can use i have not acquainted myself with mac skills but when it comes to that time, I trust there will be somebody out there who has the skills. We can liars and uh, we can equip these learners with uh, appropriate um, skills as far as technology is concerned. That's awesome. So, well, if anybody can do that, that I can. <laughs> also, guide dogs. I, I, we don't have guide dogs here in Kenya. We keep we we have dogs as pets. So yeah, they're they're not for everybody, uh, but they sure are neat. <laughs> I've, I've loved and having. There is no law that protects that. So uh, I think if we can have uh, an institution where everything is on board, including all the assistive devices and, uh, and, and, uh, and guide dogs, we, we would really, really appreciate because we want to live independently as, as far as we are under the sun. Awesome. Well, you're, I'm going to have to have you on in 10 years and you're going to have, <laughs> you'll get to tell me about all the progress <laughs> that you've made because if anybody can do it, you can. Sure. That's awesome. So I'm That's glad right. I've got just a couple of questions before we end. Um, and you All know right. what one of them is, because <laughs> I ask everybody, um, what is blindness to you? That question is a bit complicated, but um, as a, a literature student, I will endeavor to answer that question by trying to say, and trying to explain what blindness is not. Uh, firstly, people tend to associate blindness with the with with the darkness, and um, they often have this assumption that a blind person experiences darkness, and they have that assumption that we are living in a world of darkness so as far as my experience is concerned that is far from the truth because i and i know it will sound odd especially when it's coming from a blind person i'm 100 percent blind personally and but i know it will sound odd to people out there when people ask me what do you miss most about not being able to see? And my answer is always darkness. That's my answer to when somebody wants to know that, what do you miss most about not able to see? I tell them darkness. Because, you know, the logical assumption, the logical assumption is that when the light is snuffed out, when sight is snuffed out, you are left in darkness. When you dive under a blanket, you cannot see anything, and so everything is dark. And so when you close your eyes, everything, everything is black. So blindness equals darkness. Uh, that makes sense, right? Apparently not. Apparently not. We are able to see the world differently. I'm, I'm, I'm visually impaired, yes, but I can see the 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 letters on my keyboard. I know how my room is arranged. I know if, if I want to have anything, I know where I can get it. So that is vision we are able to see the world differently and i think people should stop those those should stop um associating and using 
those metaphors, those similes, analogies, and literary flourishes that blindness equals darkness. I am saying that is very far from the truth because we don't live in a world of darkness and we are able to see the world differently. Our world is not pitch black and uh, we are able to see the world differently. To me, blindness does not exist because we can see the world differently. And my world is not pitch black. Uh, even though I'm 100% blind, I am. My, my 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 life is not pitch black, and I'm able to see the world differently and interact with the world in a different way. And I'm happy and I enjoy the way I live. You you remind me um, when I was in high school, I went to a camp for blind musicians, and one of the students there had been blind for just a few years. Um, and we were looking mm -hmm. at a jukebox and we were looking at it in a way that, you know, you look at things when you can't see it, which everybody is touching it. And there were lights and you could feel where the lights were going sure. off because there was heat in the glass that would, the glass would heat up and then it would stop heating as the light moved. And she said something that, yeah. like what you said, she said, the thing I like about being blind is I get to discover the world in a whole new way and have never forgotten that comment. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you find that uh, we use our laptops to type, and these the sighted people, the sighted folks, cannot outdo a person who is visually impaired as far as typing is concerned. <laughs> so, I I ask them. Then you have your vision and uh, you have your eyes. Why? Why can't you outdo me as far as typing is, is concerned? What is the most important lesson that you have learned from um, your experiences with losing your sight and, and getting your life back? That, that, so what's the most important lesson that you've learned that you'd want to pass on to other people? First, let me say I have learned many things. I have learned so many problem-solving skills. And... I have learned to be patient with people because I know if I want to stay peaceful that I need to be patient and I have to tolerate others because sometimes I get weird questions from people but if you are not patient and, and if you don't tolerate them then you will end up um, you will end up feeling uneasy. So, the most important thing that I've learned is um, tolerance and patience and, and hard work. I've been in campus for several years right now and I've, I've, I have fantastic and um, very great friends that and i say i i say to myself that i rather remain blind for the rest of my life than to lose the kind of people that i've met and whatever that i've gained over the period that i've been visually impaired because i've learned very many things and which if i were not visually impaired i wouldn't I've learned and that's why I normally tell people I don't even desire anything like sight right now. I'm okay the way I am. I enjoy the way I live and I'm leading a very positive and interesting life. So as far as I'm blindness, I don't care and I don't want to see again. I'm okay. Awesome. Well, I cannot thank you enough for um, contacting me and doing the interview. I think when we have disabilities, we can learn a lot from them, even though it's it can be a pain yeah, sure. and it can be painful. And I love your story. Thank you so much for coming on.
Thank you for joining us on Ability Stories. Please review this podcast in iTunes. To comment on this episode, please go to abilitystories.podbean.com. If you have any show ideas or would like to be a guest on Ability Stories, send an email to abilitystories at gmail.com. And thanks for listening.